Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about the new season name leaked and why I don't care. Uh, If you're listening to this as an audio version or watching on the other channel, you can always catch us live on YouTube at SNTRlive.com. If you're on the other YouTube channel, there's usually like a card in the corner, uh, or you can just go to SNTRlive.com and it'll bring you to the YouTube channel where we have all these discussions so this is not meant to be like a super negative I know the title's kind of negative like well the new season name leaked and I don't care this is more about where we are and how we've been here so many times before alright we've been here before and I want to explain why I'm kind of sitting back not in a smug way but in just sort of a listen I'm not going to get hyped we watched the trailer I gotta say, stuff's looking pretty good, it's looking promising, but I'm still not buying into this hype machine that we always fall into. Now, we know the name of the season is Season of the Chosen. We've seen the trailer, we've seen the splash page, the calendar, all of it. But a day before the Destiny 2 Season 13 trailer released, a leaked image of the season artwork and the name appeared. This has become a common theme with Bungie on the eve of announcements. New seasons or new expansions. Normally, new season names, artwork, and landing pages and trailers, they do get me excited. For the first time ever, I'm being the cross-armed, kind of stubborn player who's going to wait for the content to land before I get excited. Now, let me explain why I'm being this way. I'm not trying to be like this negative, down in the, you know, down in the mud, you know, stick in the mud, grumpy guy. Let me talk about this. We've been here before, okay? The whole song and dance with leaks right before major announcements, trailers, or content drops has become almost as predictable as our excitement about them when it happens. And to be honest, I'm not doing it this time. I, I, it's like I can kind of see through what's going on. I know you guys do this every time. It's not a genuine leak. It's an intentional leak to make us feel like, oh my gosh, they're trying to keep things quiet. And it works. It's a natural hype machine that they don't have to pay any money for. They don't have to pay these these bloggers and these these people on Twitter and YouTubers to talk about it. We just do it because it's, it's what we it's what we talk about now let me be clear again this is not grumpy i don't care this is more about yeah we get it you accidentally leak something and now we're all supposed to get excited and forget about our frustrations boredom and complaints i'm not doing that i'm not going to gloss over everything we've been talking about for the past couple of months these are foundational problems with the game that need to be addressed the undergirding of the game and the foundation needs to be continually reworked and strengthened because new loot and new activities will never fundamentally fix those things they're just kind of gliding on top I've reached a point where I need to see proof of concept before I get excited or even have an inkling of my hopes rising. This is not a pessimistic attitude or a negative attitude. It's more of a my eyes are opened attitude. It's like, I get it. I know what you're doing. You manipulate the community into getting really excited and they think it's going to be different and new and fresh and it's more of the same. Now, to be clear... I don't expect seasons to be tectonic and completely shift the game's foundations. They're mainly meant to be more Destiny, and that's okay. That's not the issue that I'm taking. When I wrote Proof of Concept last night, it really dawned on me, this game is nothing but concepts and chores, and let me explain what I mean. Ever since Destiny 2 launched, it's been one of it's been one new, undeveloped concept after another. Adventures that weren't capitalized on, activities that were given no loot intentionality, massive areas that 
that are never used, or content built purely for power pursuits and nothing else. They're experts at cranking out concepts that they never fix, iterate on, evolve, or improve. Just concept after concept after concept. Now, sometimes they take a really good concept and reuse it, and I think we sort of misfire. They did that with Menagerie in the Sundial, and one YouTuber called it Menagerie 2.0, and it kind of got a bum rap for the rest of the season, even though it was genuinely, I think, a very good seasonal activity. But there are other things they've continued to do in the game that I believe just kind of get stuck in their conceptual phase. The artifact, bounties, low card farming and trials, champions and champion mods, Grandmaster Nightfalls, the lure charging, and the currency earn exploits of the Deep Zone Crypt. So much lands has potential and then just sort of sits there. And they never do anything to fix it or iterate on it. Or when they do fix something like the coin earn rate, oh, you could you could use your tokens in trials. They remove the win requirement. Then they lowered the earn rate, and then they increase the charging of the lure. But the lure still charges. I feel at an abysmal rate, and there's still RNG based on what you can even get from it. Beneath all of this is a cheap playtime extension approach with long lists of things to do, with very minimal rewards on the other side of completing said lists. Just yesterday, we looked at the seasonal challenges system and just like the NPC updates it looks like another incomplete system with lots to do and nothing meaningful on the other side if you look at the NPC updates wow it looks great it took you guys literally four years almost to actually add meaningful level pursuits to the NPCs something that virtually every game does with their NPCs and it's for materials it's for currency it's another concept that is half-baked and not complete same thing with the challenge system the challenge system just seems like another way to get us to check off lists of things to do with nothing meaningful on the other side. They've rebaked the weekly bounties in a different menu, and it doesn't feel like an actual complete concept. That is why I feel I need proof of concept. I need something to land in the game and feel complete the way that the Menagerie did, the way that Sundial did. We continue to get these things that don't feel like they've actually been thought all the way through, and they just throw it in the game. And attached to it, to glide over how thin or incomplete it is, is just a laundry list of things for you to do to keep you busy and extend your playtime because there's actually no true meat to the content. Lastly, let's talk about a reason to play. This is fundamentally where the problem lies for so many players right now. This is not an entitled rant. It is a genuine description of where many of the player base have arrived. Give us a reason to play as opposed to just giving us things to do. There is a giant, giant difference between how important these are and yet these two concepts, the difference is so marginally thin. Give us a reason to play and give us things to do. They're very, very different and yet it's hard to distinguish sometimes the difference between look at all the things they gave us look at all the places we can go and all the things we can go do and yet it all so often lacks a fundamental reason and incentive to play and put through lots of actual time into the game as I talked about in one of my videos if they could increase depth by having more difficulty spectrum and really land loot quality and quantity these things would sort of fix themselves on their own am I going to play this content and actually care to go up in the difficulty. Well, you would if there was worthy loot of your pursuit at the upper echelons of the difficulty. Content constantly lands as a circle that you run in for loot that has no purpose other than collecting it. And that's one of the reasons why both quantity and quality of loot needs to be combined with depth 
of gameplay and they still have yet to do that this is why a season I don't think will be tectonic enough to move some of these arrows and needles of quality this is why when I see a leaked name and a trailer and we all get excited, I'm kind of like, I don't care. Until they fundamentally fix these issues at the core of the game, it's just more circles to run in to collect loot that has no purpose outside of gotta catch them all Pokemon gun collector. Too often, as of late, we all find ourselves asking the same questions that center around motivation and incentive to play. And most of the answers are rooted in collecting for the sake of collecting or completing a checklist. This is why I said just call it season of the chores i know you're just going to give me a bunch of other chores to extend playtime and make me run in circles to make the game and the content last longer i truly hope that loot innovation deepening of both the perk pool and the loot pool and a meaningful reward to all of the systems that feel half-baked starts to actually happen they have very very good systems in place leveling npcs and having it matter the challenge system that we're looking at the loot intentionality that they've been giving us, actually reusing things like the Empire Hunts, giving you a reason to run the, the, the raid more than once a week on each character. These are all very, very good logistical changes that they've made it. Now what they need to do is start investing in the depth and the quantity within those systems. It's great to see a level on an NPC. I'm not going back to the tower for an upgrade module. You've got to deepen that system to make it more meaningful. Good systems are only only as good as their depth and their quantity it's starting to feel like destiny expects you to play it simply because it's destiny and there are very little other reasons ever given and at this point i think long-standing players need more reason than just well it's an addictive game it's destiny it feels amazing that is true it's always going to feel like home to me as soon as i start popping the heads off of trash ads it really really starts to feel good but there's got to be more behind the thin veil of two weeks of things to do and hype and then the season starts to thin out again we've got to get further than we've gone right now and the logistics are there but the depth is not as always we're going to transition to Q&A in a moment we're going to check the game at reset in 15 minutes something might happen if you're listening to this elsewhere you can join us live at sntrlive.com and as always please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that follows my talk about why I am not that excited or why I don't care yet until we get into the new season, even though the new season name was leaked. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, any of the other platforms where this shows up, you can always catch these live streams Monday through Friday on YouTube at SNTRlive.com. I'm going to jump right into the first questions here. This might be a little bit of a shorter one, uh, and that's fine. We, we had a little bit of a different day with the trailer and everything launching, and so that kind of d- eats up a lot of the conversation time, so then questions don't necessarily need to be repeated. Uh, Earthos says, With the new public space activity finally having matchmaking, do you think Bungie finally learned their lesson, or will we be doomed to yet another escalation protocol in future seasons? At this point, if they do anything in year four as a seasonal event that doesn't have matchmaking, I honestly don't even know what I would say at that point. It, it, it I don't have a whole lot of reasons to hold back. I, I didn't even, I didn't actually hold back whenever I actually looked at the, um, the, the, the 
what was it? The tower event. The tower event, I kind of lit them up. I, I, I actually lit them up. I was like, this is completely inexcusable after everything that we, we we learned, after everything that happened, you know, with with the with the criticisms of Escalation Protocol, with the criticisms of, of other events previous that didn't have matchmaking, like the Blind Well. Um, it's just, it's one of those things where they they had zero doubt in their mind how a public space non-match made failable event would go and they did it anyway I'm still convinced that the tower event was built as a companion event to Escalation Protocol to be on other planets and they shelved it and saved it it didn't feel like it was built for the new era of stuff and the bosses didn't make any sense either they were just random champions it just didn't feel right it felt like they were going to maybe do something with escalation protocol on the other planets uh, and they just ended up not having time to finish it and then contact public event also just felt like they focused mostly on the interference mission and how that was going to go it was a much larger area um it was a much larger area, you know, it was a longer, you know, stretch of stuff that you could repeat and do, and that was mainly the activity that they spent time building, and then they just kind of shoved the Gambit banking system into the public space. So, um, you know, because because of that, I, I think that I- at this point in year four, I just, I can't see them saying... Uh, why, oh, we're going to do another thing in the public space that there's no matchmaking for and you can actually fail. Uh, Greg says, I think they missed the mark not making this a public event. It would have been perfect to reinvigorate Dead Planet since it significantly enough changed the spaces. Making it matchmade is a waste, in my opinion. I just, w- w- first of all, we don't know what it's going to look like because it is in the public space. There's like suddenly like barricades and barriers and like fortresses in the public space. So I don't know if you fight your way through it and you can fight your way through it with other people in the area. And then at the very end, maybe you match make into a boss fight or something. We don't actually know how it's going to work. It might be similar to the season of the hunt structure where everybody in the area can help. And then at a certain point you go in with your team. One of the areas is the Cosmodrome. They can't really do much there uh, since it's the new light. Again, it looks like they just drop like structures in the area, like fortresses that are suddenly getting built, like these big metal, uh, you know what I mean? These big metal things, you know. And so I would say if, if that's the way they set it up, then other people in the area could fight. It could reinvigorate the public space. And then you kind of work your way in. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, now that we're on the inside, the one area has like a red, it has like a red barrier up. So maybe once you defeat everything, the barrier comes down and you go inside or whatever. They look like a strike type thing. Right. And so strikes happen in the public space. And you see people running around. So it, it certainly could make the public space feel different and alive. We don't necessarily know yet how it's going to work. The main issue is, matchmaking is the key okay forges were way off the beaten path they didn't actually do anything to the public space you like went back in some you know east bf area with a closet and you like walk your way through and you're like oh here's a forge and there's nobody else back there this looks like it's more centralized like no it's like right there in front of you uh and to me the ticket is matchmaking and it needs to feel like its own activity i didn't feel like the tower event and contact public event felt like genuine activities they felt like glorified public events this feels more like a linear like light strike like adventure sort of thing that we know will hopefully be more enjoyable with respect to the content loop somebody voted on one of our polls if you guys want to continue taking the poll from today you can use the poll command somebody said they were like 
you know, they were talking about, you know, if, if it's a public event or not, or, or whatever we're getting, and they said the content loop is m- the most important thing. They cared about that more than anything else, and I actually think that's, like, a really good take. I think it's a really good take. The take is very simple. If if the content loop is good, we'll, it, you know, we'll chase loot all day. Again, if you put loot in the game and the content loot is good and you can loop it, then you can take care of things quickly, then I think people will hang in there and have no problem and have no problem running the content loop. When the content loop is has a monotony to it and it's just landing in the public space and killing stuff and banking, I, I just don't think that content loop translates into something that feels linear. There's a reason that like running strikes and running linear loops is addicting because there's a beginning, middle, and an end. There's a sense of movement. There's a sense of progression. This is why I felt like Sundial and Menagerie, I thought, were, were completely fine events. I thought they were good events, mainly because... Mainly because you actually feel a sense of progression and movement within the actual you know content you're not just sort of standing in one area the problem with the tower event and the contact public event is you are literally just standing in one area and that's all it is nothing truly changes nothing really moves i mean at least an escalation protocol you moved around within the given area you moved around within the given area and then were able to fight different things and do different things and then the boss showed up the other ones were literally kill bank kill bank kill bank oh it's over or kill throw kill throw well it's kill defend kill defend throw kill defend throw and nothing's really changing it's the same behavior every single time it's just the location changes sundial and menagerie the, the, the behavior changed the areas had different things different mechanics there was like a hammer of dawn there was bank these balls there was sand on these plates they, the, the, the behavior was changing every time instead of literally the same thing over and over and over again monotony and repetition is fine with diversity do you see the difference when I go into menagerie and I go from this activity to you know um, to repost to the there was the one where you got to stand on the plates there was the one where you got to like slam the balls like the wrathborn or whatever it was called um, that's diversity within monotony the menagerie is monotonous you run it and you rerun it and you rerun it and you rerun it right there's a level of monotony there but it's okay because it's it's webbed and it's combined with diversity there was no diversity for the tower event. There was no diversity for contact public event. And the hope would be that at least if there's some sense of forward motion in these in these battlegrounds, that we get a sense of like, okay, there I'm progressing, I'm doing something. There's a sense of diversity within the monotony. And that's why I think the the match made, you know, centralized activity for a season is so much more important than these prop up public public events that we got in the past. TK Lotus, why is it that Bungie has to reinvent the wheel every single season instead of just giving us repeatable activity with a, with depth scale and loot? Diablo 3 rifts come to mind. Sorry, just fed up. Well, until we see what the what these battlegrounds look like, um, it, it, until we see what they actually look like, I, I'm not ready to say that they haven't they haven't done that. Because again, if we could have gotten something like Sundial Menagerie Vex Offensive on a regular basis in the seasons. I don't think you'd be able to, to to complain about this. I think it's definitely one of the things that they have they have zeroed in on. It's just a question of how often can they deserve, deliver an activity like that. You know, can it be like the Black Armory Forges, Sundial, Menagerie? Those were all really, really good. But we have had sixteen Sundials. We have not had sixteen Sundials. 
This is exactly what the problem was when, when someone referred to Sundial as, as Menagerie 2.0. The Menagerie and Sundial are the only activities we've ever had that are like that. What are you talking about? We have not had 16 Sundials. If you're going to try and claim any of the other events we've gotten in Destiny 2 were like Sundial or, or Menagerie, I don't know what you're talking about. Because Reckoning wasn't like that. The Black Armory Forges weren't like that. Contact Public Event and the Tower Event were literally absolutely nothing like that. Forges? No. Forges were something that you went and did and you threw balls to complete a bounty. There was not actually an event that you could like pick the loot at the end where you moved through it linearly. Forges were static in one area. It's not even remotely the same. Sundial was more like uh, House of Wolves, um, Challenge of Elders, Prison of Elders, and that you go back to a central location and go into different environments in different places. Disagree? I mean, you can disagree, but you're wrong. Vex Offensive was similar, and yet there was no way to target loot. There was only four weapons. And it was the same every single time with the exception of marginal mechanical differences. Sundial had a different boss every week and then they had the, the, the actual crescendo with Inatam where the boss fight took on a whole new shape and they had a very, very targeted way of, of going after loot. So you've lifted Forges, which are nothing like Sundial and Vex Offensive, marginally similar. That's not 16 Sundials. I don't know where you're getting 16 from. Even if I grant you Forges and Vex Offensive, that's that's two. I mean, you, you got a long way to go to 16. So I'm, I'm telling you, so often, so often, I think we fall into the trap of falsely summarizing something to the point that it's you're not even representing it as it existed. Like, referring to Sundial as Menagerie 2.0 wasn't the intention of that YouTuber. They weren't, like, trying to slam it. They were just sort of speculating, like, I don't know if every season we're going to want to run something like Menagerie 2.0. We're going to want some diversity. But unfortunately, that became, like, the token criticism of Sundial. It's like, well, it's just another Menagerie. And it's like... There's a similar mechanism of loot acquisition, but the encounters are completely and utterly different. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Doesn't care, but makes a living showing that you care. Doesn't have a clue why I use the argument that I don't care and didn't listen to the actual context of the discussion and now look stupid in chat. I mean, how many smiley faces do you have to use? I mean, are you that kind of person? Your friends probably hate it when you text message them. You're like that guy in the text group. Ashen Hollow. So, as a few people have noted, there doesn't appear to be an end-of-season community event. Yeah, I thought something was going to happen today. Do you think Bungie doesn't like doing them anymore because of problems and, uh, and failing them? You don't necessarily need to do a let's all stand in the tower and watch something happen. I mean, Arrivals was pretty cool the way it ended. I thought the stuff that they did with the 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 interference mission was actually pretty dope and then we all stood around and watched the traveler heal itself and then the darkness consumed a bunch of planets and the traveler protected with this right <coughs> excuse me so I, I i thought that was fine <coughs> excuse me i don't necessarily feel like those that that was a failure i, I don't even think you could say that the the, the the almighty wasn't a failure people just thought it was too slow cuz they're impatient like the almighty was fine you know, it's it's one of those things where criticizing the Almighty event for being too long, sure. Calling it a failure? Come on, that's a, that's an overreach. And and the, and the thing where the tower, uh, we we stood in the tower and we watched uh, the traveler heal itself and then protect us from the darkness. That wasn't a failure. That was totally fine. It was cool. That this is stuff they've never done before. Come on, man. 
I get that you get a little pessimistic and negative about the game, Ashen, but this 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 genuinely feels like an unfair claim. Like these were not failures; these were actually completely fine events. Even if the Almighty took too long, it was still cool. Like it was still something they had never done before. Um, so I don't think they're 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 refusing to do them. I, l- listen, I was not expecting an event. Okay. I was not expecting an event. I was expecting some sort of a of a story roundout where they were going to say we're now done with this story and here's what's around the corner, right? I meant the tower event and guardian games. Those are what I refer to. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, 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 oh. I okay, now I understand. I was like, what are you talking about? Those were actually pretty solid. Okay, Guardian Games, and when you say Tower Event, are you talking about like Fractaline with the? Do you thought the Fractaline thing was a failure? Um, so end of season community event. Oh, you're talking about end of season community event, like everybody doing the same thing. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. I understand now. I, it, truth be told, truth be told. Oh, where we had to do nine million towers. Oh, that's why. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Didn't we have to just bank frack the line? Oh no, that was Season of the Worthy. Oh yeah, and nobody was doing the towers. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, now I am tracking with your argumentation and would probably agree that getting people to do tons of towers during Worthy and Guardian games were very, very bad, right? Those were actually uh, uh, bad, uh, bad events, right? So their refusal to do one this time... Yeah, they probably weren't hits. They didn't go over very well, you know. So that might be one of the reasons why they don't want to do it again. I wasn't expecting a community event. I was expecting, like, a cutscene, you know. That's all. I thought of another reason it's a match-made activity. If it's sticking around during the rest of the year, they have to have it isolated because they'll likely use the spaces for other events. The next two seasons, it would look strange and feel off. Maybe. Maybe they like the game. It's supposed to be a single evolving world, so it's going to be weird for the single evolving world to suddenly not have those structures there. Like, boom, they're gone. But what you match make in and the structures are there, I don't know. That's not going to feel like a single evolving world to me. I don't. I don't know about that. I don't know. Seems that 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 seems weird. Either solution is good to me. I say you leave the structures there for a year, and then eventually you say, oh yeah, we beat them back. They left, and then you take them out. You remove them. The Donning, uh, Donning was a community event that also failed. The Donning? Oh yeah, the baking thing. I thought we got it done, or did they have to give us a boost? <laughs> uh, the voice acting one for the Cabal is terrible. Oh, I think it's fine. I actually, I thought it was totally fine. Um, I don't know. I, I haven't. I thought the voice acting has been pretty good lately. I thought Aramis was pretty well done. Um. I thought that uh, what we saw today was totally was was totally fine, the way they set it up. I thought it was good. Um, I don't know. The voice acting in Destiny Two is usually pretty on uh, pretty on point, and I thought she sounded good. Uh, let's see, Clickfire. You have experienced Destiny at its beefiest with Forsaken and Year Three, when we had all the planets, locations, and loot. Yet the complaints. Oops, sorry. Yet the complaints we have. We had then still exists today with less locations and less content. Do you think this proves the community is getting salty and upset about the wrong things? 
I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not tracking with your logic. You're saying that we've we've always complained about these things, right? Even back then, you said the complaints we had then still exist today with less locations and less content. Do you think this proves the community is getting salty and upset about the wrong things? I'm not sure what you're pinpointing here. Did you type this when we were talking about reskins and people were insisting things are reskins that aren't reskins? <laughs> is that what is that what you wrote this? Um, in any in any case, I, I don't I don't agree with this one. Yeah, I don't I don't agree with this one. I, I don't I don't think that they uh, that the that you could say the we get salty about the wrong things. Well, at least uh, it's hard for me to know what you're meaning here. Core activities. Again, I, I don't know what you mean. Commonly, I do push back and kind of get on the community about complaining about the wrong things. That's 100% something that I commonly say. I'm like, you're complaining about the wrong thing. You're complaining about something that is not a, is not a fundamental problem. Like, you're angry about the fact that, like, a weapon looks similar to another weapon barely based on like model similarities right and in in that vein i do sometimes think yes the community talks about things in a way that is incredibly strange it's like what's the fundamental problems with the game right now right so i definitely think there are times forsaken had lots of content but distracted us from the underlying issues Right, and this is why I always, this is what's so funny, I always got credit, and some of this was on purpose, some of this was on purpose, I mean, there were content creators who intentionally and, and passively created a narrative that, like, I was just a complainer, um, and, and that was all part of their plan to isolate me and make me an outsider, it was, it was very intentional, but I always got a bad rap for being a complainer, because during Forsaken, I complained about the Delta in Last Wish, I complained about the leveling, I complained about Infusion, and during the first week when the fair weather streamers would play, you know, I was always kind of I was always kind of passively pushed around as, well that guy just complains about everything. But then as the seasons went on, everybody started coming around to the way I saw things with respect to in you know, Infusion being stupid and leveling being convoluted and dumb, and then like a glorious, tasty drink of irony, people that literally helped cancel my career came back to a season and were like, I think Infusion needs to be removed. It was never good to begin with. And it's like, this is hysterically ironic. You can't delete tweets for forever. I mean, I know you do it recently when you when you make public statements that aren't true and you're going to get caught in a lie, but you can't negate what you claimed back then. But I was always saying that. I was like, we're, we're looking at the wrong things here. This leveling is bad. There's no way to target any loot. Why would I run blind well? Why would I run why would I run the uh, the stuff on the dreaming city? And everybody acted like I was just being super negative and a, com- a quote unquote complainer, but it was like, no, these are bad decisions. This isn't good for the game. This isn't good for the the, the core content loop. And everybody just thought I was just complaining and they just trotted out that narrative that I was just a complainer and just a negative, just a negative Nancy. And eventually throughout that year, more and more people started to see that leveling and infusion were were ridiculous hurdles to enjoying the content and not being able to target farm something was incredibly frustrating. It was like, 
what on earth I, I can't get the things that I want I can't chase the things that I want that's why when we got into Shadowkeep in year 3 I was like this is so many of these things are direct requests from the community and people like Bungie just takes one step forward two steps back and I was like I do not agree with that I do not agree with that they, I felt like they made so many good choices and improvements for that year, and they've continued to to improve on those things, uh, you know, as as we as we launch into this year. And so, I mean, the it, you know, complaining about the wrong things, I, I do think, yeah, the wrong per usual meme is hilarious. Uh, I still think we should have made that shirt. Um, I, I, you know, the. the <laughs> The community zeroes on things that here's what here's what I think ends up happening. It's it's almost like we I, I've said before we get inoculated to quality of life improvements and changes. We kind of get numb to them. We forget that the Bungie made a bunch of changes. So it's like going into a room that's been refurbished and 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 uh, and finished and beautiful and new paint, new furniture, new everything. And you're like, oh man, this looks amazing but your favorite chair is gone and the new chair is not quite as comfortable and you just focus on that chair you're like i really miss my old chair it was so much better than this this is not how i da, 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 da. and the analogy i'm trying to paint here is that's kind of what we do like we we lock on to certain sides of the game and if they aren't cri- quite where we want them we act like the ent- we paint the entire game with that brush well trials is bad so bungie has no clue what they're doing and the entire game is trash crucible is getting overrun with stasis bungie doesn't test anything everything is trash and they don't know what they're doing we focus on the one part of the room that matters most to us and that kind of shades all of our judgment of the game and i'll sit here and rattle off the countless things they've done to improve the game and bring it forward. We have so much more to do than we ever did in the past and so much more, you know, loot to chase than we ever did in the past, with the exception of Beyond Light. It was too light on the loot. But the point is, is that that's why Destiny always is in this loop of this feedback loop of new content comes out, everybody's happy for a week or two, the rough edges start to emerge, dissatisfaction starts to go up, and here come the criticisms. And Thankfully, it seems like Bungie takes it in stride and they're like, okay, bounties were requested and then in year three, bounties were criticized for all these reasons. So now they're refining the role of bounties in the game. You know. Well, also, some people sit more than others, so chairs are more important. Right, exactly. You know, well, you sit more than me. I don't sit. I'm over here on the treadmill. The, the, the treadmill's great. Or or the treadmill doesn't have this feature that I was hoping it would have. I don't care about your chair. My treadmill doesn't have a feature that I wanted. And somebody else is like, yeah, well, my beanbag chair is lumpy and the TV's too small. And it's like, well, I don't sit in the beanbag chair and I don't use that TV. I use the TV over here. The one on the wall is much bigger and much better. Everybody's like like zeroing in on their, their slice of the room, their slice of destiny. And all those little problems and rough edges with their slice of destiny sort of rises to the surface. And they're like, well, these are all, the game is in such bad shape. Even as much as I beat them up in this video, especially this section here, I think I really, really kind of, I I took the gloves off and I, I, I took some punches here, basically arguing that Destiny 2 continues to be a game of concepts and chores. 
all these concepts land and they're not fleshed out they're not ready they're not refined and then they end up just kind of sitting there the artifact bounties low card farming and trials champions and champion mods grandmaster nightfalls lure charging currency earn exploits and deep stone crypt everything lands with potential and then it just sort of sits there even recently with the seasonal challenge system just like the npc updates it looks like another incomplete system with lots to do and nothing meaningful on the other side another concept extended with chores and checklists i mean i was pretty i was pretty rough in this section but this is me saying look you've 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 got you've got to start investing in the existing systems refining them deepening them and making them better instead of just constantly being like well let's just launch another system let's just launch another system launch another system launch another system refine what's there stop just adding new things it's not necessarily working i think they've got good logistical ideas they just need to invest and deepen them instead of just always be like, well, people didn't like weekly bounties, so let's try another system. Why didn't you just work on weekly bounties to make them less stupid? How much bandwidth did you waste on this challenges thing? Couldn't you have just made weekly bounties better? I'm not I'm not actually criticizing that decision. I'm just asking. It's like, why wouldn't you have just iterated on weekly bounties? Why have you not iterated on Grandmaster Nightfalls? champion mods what they do oh well they shoved them onto armor to give us a little bit more freedom but they haven't iterated on the system of champions and champion mods they just slap them into into pieces of the game low card farming you know people that can't cash in their tokens you remove the win thing but then you lower the token payout quit with the monkey paw development like it's there's always there's always something bad with good every time remove uh, timers from bounties yeah the artifact why was there zero iteration on the artifact for this year why why does it still cost money and more money every time I want to reset the dumb thing discouraging experimentation are you sure you want to do that you might not like that mod it's going to get more expensive every time you reset this thing how on earth did that not get iterated on because it's a game of concepts and chores they drop a concept in the game and instead of iterating and improving upon it they just either leave it there or just oh we'll just add another one we'll just add another one so yeah or or you know they they instead of instead of really iterating on the artifact what they do they added the ghost system with the mods and the and the leveling up the ghost it's like they're trying to distract you with new shoes and it's like I don't need new shoes I need I need shoes that work and I need clothes that fit and you just keep buying me new shoes to distract from the fact that like my jeans are too small now like come on without chores there is no destiny chores without meaningful rewards on the other side are are not even chores they're a headache they're a meaningless checkbox you gotta have something on the other side of, of the behavior. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, right down here at the bottom, the seasonal challenge system, and just like the NPC updates that we saw outlined, looks like another incomplete system with lots to do and nothing meaningful on the other side. Congratulations, we spent a bunch of bandwidth updating the NPCs. What do we get? Uh, upgrade modules and currency. What the actual frick are you talking about? Now, I know people are going to be like, but Lone of the PvP community is probably going to celebrate that because they can't really get the upgrade modules and the currency, you know, for leveling. And it's like, well, okay, I'll grant you that, but outside of that, uh, 
outside of that, it doesn't feel like a complete system. It's just like leveling up to get upgrade modules and 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 prisms. Chores are mandatory. Grinds are as long as the player wants. I think grind should be determined by players players motivation to chase things, not not a not a checklist that that requires you to go into content where there's no rewards or nothing worth doing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Chef even though when we had Vicarious Visions we did have more content in my opinion Destiny had no direction quality over quantity do you prefer the good direction and general idea rather than the tons of content here's the thing that I've been saying a lot lately and people think I'm just making the tried and true argument of just wait it'll get better just wait it'll get better that is not what I'm about to outline it's going to sound like that's what I'm saying but that's fundamentally not what I'm saying alright I am not saying, I'm not saying, just wait, it's going to get better. What I'm saying is, they ripped off a band-aid with Beyond Light, and it feels like my gut and a hunch that I have is that this year will feel more like a steady incline in quality and substance leading to Witch Queen, as opposed to the pattern in the past. The pattern in the past was really strong DLC response and then it dips because people get bored and then we bounce back and have a decent season both season of the Forge and Dawn were like a nice little bounce back and then same thing happens, we dip because people get bored and then both Reckoning and Worthy were weak and then we, we dip a little bit lower and then it's always darkest just before the dawn wham, we slam back up with opulence or in this case, we slammed back up with Season of Arrivals, and then that gets everybody ready and excited for the expansion. My gut instinct tells me this year is going to feel different. It's going to feel like a slow building point where every season gets a little bit better and the game feels a little bit more full. They start filling in holes, they start adding more loot, and the game feels like it's more alive again. It's it's like they tore things down and now they're kind of rebuilding the game over this year and that is not me saying just wait it'll get better no I'm couching this within the framework of what it appears that they did they basically stripped the game down and and now they're building it back up it's like when you go to boot camp they strip you down and they break you they break your body they break your mind and then they mold you out of stone to become a soldier that is uniform and in line with all of your all, all of your other fellow soldiers it's like they completely broke the game down and ripped pieces of it off and now they're rebuilding on what what Bungie considers to be a better foundation and you either trust them with that decision or you don't. There's not really any in between. You either conclude that like if they think this is what they needed to do, they're in a better position to make that call. Okay. I guess we'll trust them with this. Or you say, "Nope, I don't trust them." Go up vote the Reddit post that says you miss Activision hashtag you have failed us and buy into the mantra that staying with Activision would have somehow put this game into a better place because Activision wanted a sequel. We would be sitting in a crappy sequel right now if we were still with Activision. Everybody forgets that. Everybody looks at Forsaken in the highlight reels and they forget how bad year one was because the contract required a sequel. We'd be in another bad year one right now because of the contract. Activision, Activision's, the pathway with Activision was not some utopian, idyllic version of Destiny. They were still going to be on a two, two and a half to two year dev cycle to build a sequel and it would not have, it wouldn't have been good. 
It wouldn't have. We would have lost all the things they learned and invested in Destiny 2 instead of building upon them. I think faced with the choices that they were faced with, they made the right choice. I, th- I do. I think that. As as disappointed as I am right now, as, as weak as Beyond Light felt, I'm like, this was necessary. The alternative was actually probably going to be worse. We were going to be set on another pattern of wait a year for them to save it with an expansion. The game doesn't need saved right now. It just needs to be built. It just needs to keep being built piece by piece by piece, piece by piece by piece. Instead of being like, well, that was a sucky sequel can't wait for witch queen to save the franchise again like forsaken did like taken king did that was the pattern that we were on and i wanted off the merry-go-round i'm glad they did that i was like i don't think so activision tell that didn't tell them to do double primaries or to bring trials of the nine or levy raid with lackluster loot if you go back into Destiny 2 vanilla and you give us random rolls and we don't have double primary, that game was still absolutely thin as paper. There was nothing there. There was nothing there. I'm not sitting here saying that it's all Activision's fault. You're misunderstanding the point that I'm making. Bungie made absolute bumbles with the design framework of Destiny 2 at launch. Double primary, who the frick came up with that? Static rolls, what are you doing, right? Ignore that for a second and look at what Destiny 1 offered. It was a it was a giant game with nothing in it. Lost Sectors had zero purpose and meaning. Adventures, zero purpose and meaning. Planets with basically nothing to do other than to run public events. Like, that was the content loop. The content loop of Destiny 2 Year 1 was thin. And most of that has to do with the fact that they built the game in basically... six. They, they, were, they put the game on track in 16 months. They reboot the game, and 16 months later, Destiny 2 launches. I think... I do. I think Noseworthy was the one who was driving the casual ship. I think he wanted the game casualified. Make weapons easier to obtain. It was that Halo idea. A weapon is a weapon. A gun is a gun is a gun is a gun. That's the way guns are in Halo. They try to, like, import, like, a Halo feel. Strip-down crucible, gun-based crucible. A gun is a gun is a gun is a gun. Like, it is in Halo, no random rolls. And they tried to bring that influence to Destiny 2, and it failed miserably. I will never sit here and disagree with you that there were creative and directive decisions for Destiny 2 that were terrible. However, a lot of the problems with Destiny 2 were also related to the small development window. And... Do you honestly think you know better? Like, I don't think you are, but are you that arrogant? Are you that full of hubris? Do you honestly think that you know better than Bungie? Bungie looks at their bandwidth, at their dev dev cycle timers, and they look at 2020, end of 2020, we're supposed to launch a sequel. And they come to the conclusion that it's not possible. The best thing for them to do is to iterate on the existing game. If you think that was the wrong decision, then you basically think you know better than them, which you don't have information to base that off of. It's just pure hubris. We, th- They came to the conclusion, as a company, this isn't going to work. We cannot build Destiny 3. It's, it's going to be terrible. We don't have enough time. It's going to be thin and shoddy and crappy, and we're going to lose all that we've worked on in D2 because we're essentially starting over. New planets, new assets, new areas all have to be built or or it can, or wouldn't be considered a sequel. 
it would be considered some reskin half-baked nonsense you don't have to like the decision right you don't have to like the decision I'm not saying yeah it's great that we didn't get a sequel and we got beyond light instead I'm not I'm not saying that I'm simply saying I'm to the point where I look at it and I'm like I just have to trust them that they they came to the conclusion we can't build a sequel it's gonna be it's not gonna work counter argument look at how many absolute mess ups Bungie has had so a company making mistakes and, and, and not having a perfect launch means you know better than them? Your counter-argument to me asking the question, do you think you know better than Bungie? It doesn't logically follow to come back with that. Like, what? So if I go to a really, really world-famous restaurant and they mess up one of my orders, can I conclude that I know better than the chef in the back? What? That doesn't make any sense. Them making a mistake or mismanaging something or trials falling on its face doesn't mean I know better than them. And I was talking about a specific decision. Within the realm of the decision that they made, they concluded that they could not build a sequel or that building a sequel would be a really, really dumb... Uh, it would be a mistake. We can't do this. We, we, we need to build on what's already here. I just come, I just come to that, come to that, and I'm like, they must, they they know know more than us. They know more than us. I gotta trust them with that and be like, you know more than me. This decision sucks, but I, I I think you're, I think you guys are, are are better equipped to make this decision. I could stay at my feet and be like, no, build the sequel. Your kid, my kids do that, right? My kids do that. They'll be like. Let's go, uh, let's play, let's switch video games right now. And I'm like, no, you literally have 10 minutes left. That's not enough time to play another video game. You're going to get into the game and then you're going to get really upset that you don't have enough time to play, right? They don't like the reality of what I'm telling them and they can stamp their feet and get angry and demand that we put the new video game on, but I know better than them. I know better. I'm like, no, you're going to get irritated. By the time it boots up and we get into the world and the mission and start doing anything, the timer's going to go off and we got to go upstairs to dinner. I know better than them. I'm in a more I'm in a better position to know what's right and what's good for the situation. Bungie looked at the scope of development, looked at the contract and said we know better. This is not enough time to build a good sequel. We have to make the painful decision to say, "Nope, we're going to we're going to invest in Destiny 2." And they they probably tried to sell that to Activision. And Activision was like, "No. You're you sequel or nothing." And so they bought their IP from Activision. I agree that there is much on Bungie as Activision. I am purely arguing against the sentimentality that if they would have stuck with Activision, things would be so much better. That sentiment doesn't exist in reality because you're ignoring what happened with D2 Vanilla. You're acting as if, like, Activision gets credit for the highlight reel, but none of the missteps. It's like, you want to give Activision all the credit for the highlight reel. Yeah, dude, Forsaken, and that year was awesome. If they were just stuck with Activision, we'd be having so much more to do right now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. If they would have stuck with Activision they would have had to build a sequel we would be playing a half-baked sequel right now instead of a weak expansion and 
We're playing a weak expansion in a game that's been refined, improved, and built upon that they can continue to build upon. They constantly get player decline every season. Nobody stays longer than a month. Everything is just seasoned content that lasts for more than a couple of weeks. I mean, you just typed like three sentences that are provably false. That's not true. Crucible numbers have declined more than ever, but the daily player base numbers are, they've been totally fine this season. Close to a million players a day, and then these last two weeks, they dipped down into the 900,000 and 800,000s. It was the exact same way last year. January to February is always a weak time for the game, and it always dips. They have not had a depreciating return of players season to season to season. That's simply not true. I check the numbers regularly with Charlemagne in the Discord. That's that's completely inaccurate. That is not an accurate description of how things have been going. D2 Vanilla at least had hope. I was looking forward to the next release. I've completely lost interest in Year 3 now in Destiny. This contest isn't for me. It's not working. That's just me. Yeah, but if they would have launched a a, a sequel that had the substance of what we're playing right now, I don't think you would be like, oh, I I have hope that they can improve this. I think you would have been like, no, I'm done. This was another failed launch. I have to walk away from the game. (laughs) I can't see anybody. I can't see anybody looking at what they built in Beyond Light and being like, oh, man, if we roughly got that substance for a sequel, that'd be good. It's true for Steam. Well, Steam's in a different Steam's a different animal because Steam most of the loss on Steam is Crucible. Most of the loss on Steam is Crucible. So Steam's it's hard when you look at Steam. It looks like oh my gosh, the PC community is just vacating. A lot of the a lot of the exodus on Steam is because of the PC player base. The player base the PC player base has absolutely plummeted, and most of the loss the the, the greater ratio of loss I, I'm I'm fairly certain is on Steam because of the because of the cheating. And, and lots of people are moving to uh, the, the next-gen consoles. A lot of people are doing that. A lot of people. Team numbers have never hit uh, the high that Shadowkeep launch had. Yeah, but it's hard to know how much of the highs that Shadowkeep hit on Steam was because that was where the free-to-play was introduced, and then this time around, Game Pass was introduced. So maybe there was a lopsided response in comparison to Shadowkeep had an inordinate amount of people jumping in because of the free uh because of new light and now it hit game pass so maybe the greater amount of free-to-play players hit on xbox i don't know under activision there'd be no second ip and better destiny that's how i see it again that's just pure speculation we just don't know the pattern was that they they were they were going to have to develop a sequel in a two-year cycle dev cycle and when they do that they'd launch crap that was the cycle i i just i i don't think you have to remember something. You have to remember. They did tons of work to make sure that Forsaken was really, really good. And all that work would have likely not been baked into the sequel. Why? Because the sequel's development would have had to been almost immediate. It, it, they would have had to almost immediately start working on the sequel. Or at the very least, start working it around the time that Forsaken landed. And then all the improvements we got in Shadowkeep would likely not be baked into Destiny 3 because they would have based everything off of what? Year 1 and year 2? Like, I don't know. We get we get into these speculative things about Bungie's mismanagement and their internal workings and all their bad decisions, and I just get exhausted by it because it's just like fundamentally, fundamentally with Activision, they were on a timeline of a week launch. They didn't a two year dev cycle for another Destiny was it was going to be a disaster. 
For all intents and purposes, they would have started on the sequel around the time Forsaken landed, which was the, which means they would have had two years to build a sequel. That's not enough time. Everything we know about development, it points to the contrary. Two years? Look at what we got in Beyond Light. Like I, I don't know. I, I just even with Vivi and High Moon Studios, I just I don't I don't think so. I really really don't. Even using existing assets, Borderlands 2 took three years to build, and you have to consider they were not maintaining Borderlands 1. Borderlands 1, all those DLCs, I think, at least three of the four were built by other companies. So they immediately can turn all all resources over to the next game. Destiny can never do that. Destiny has to maintain its existing player base. It has to continually crank out seasons. It has to continually crank out updates and testing and bug, bug changes and all that. And while they're doing that, they're also supposed to build a sequel. So, as a company, it's great. They're milking Destiny with the focus on a new IP. It's great growth for Bungie, just not great for hardcore Destiny fans. Even still, Light Leap, we could be in a worse scenario. We talked about this earlier. Activision moved VV to, to focus on all of the Blizzard stuff, and they ported like uh, the Tony, the Tony uh, Hawk game. Based on pure revenue reasons alone, it's not beyond the scope of reason to think that Activision would have forced them to launch a sequel and then took VV away from them and moved VV over to Blizzard properties, and then we'd be sitting here with a crappy sequel and still lacking the bandwidth that we had for the amazing year two. That Everybody thinks it's amazing. I don't think year two was as amazing as everybody says it is. It was good, but... We, we, for all intents and purposes, we could have gotten to a weak Destiny 3 sequel and then lost Vicarious Visions because Activision's like, well, <laughs> we want them over here working on this because we think it's going to make us more money because we've not been pleased with the money we're getting from Destiny. Activision made that clear after Forsaken. So you would have you'd have stuck with Activision thinking, well, we're at least going to benefit from the bandwidth and then you'd have lost VV. The, the best asset that we had from Activision wasn't just their wallet, it was VV. Vivi was incredible. They were so good. They port. They did an amazing PC port, and then they did Opulence, and they did Warmind. They were great. But it's likely that we might have lost them, and then there was no way to know that was coming. Uh, Princess Renisha. Oh gosh, we got a. Oh shoot, I wasn't watching the time. The last few seasons. Uh, haven't gotten hard mode for an activity. Can the activities really have any legs if we aren't getting hard mode? I'm not going to go on this rant. I've been asking for hard modes with loot motivators. You can't just throw in a hard mode for the sake of it. We need loot motivators. I've been asking for that for a very, very long time. I prefer a crappy D3 vanilla over what we have now. I, I, yeah, I, there's no way to know that though because we could have easily gotten into a crappy D3 vanilla and your entire attitude going to be like I can't believe they did this again they got me hook, line, and sinker I bought a brand new game for $60 um, you know I got, I got a brand new you got a brand new game for $60 and it's another pile of crap like I don't know uh, Chalk Doctor the armor for Warlocks uh, that we saw in the season 13 trailer looked horrible with the balls and the helmet. All the armor I wear now is just ornaments because I don't like any of the, the recent designs. Am I crazy for wanting better looking armor or is Bungie falling off the mark? I thought in some of the new armor was actually pretty good. Here's what ends up happening, Chalk. They go thematic and I think it's hard to go thematic without going narrow. If that makes sense. So, the... I'll give you an example. The the Dreambane armor and the Europa armor. It's super, super thematic, but it, that makes it all so narrow. Do you want to look like a witch doctor? Or do you want to look like somebody that's like going on a, on a polar escapade? Well, th- that's what the armor looks like. So if you don't like that, you're not going to wear it. Does that make sense? 
I think like the new armor actually looks incredible except for the helmets. I think everything but the like the the weird cone head Christmas tree ball thing they got going on. I don't know what is, what's happening. I think other than that the new armor actually looks pretty dope. But when they go thematic, it's going to be narrow and it's likely to not land on you. The same thing happened with all the armor that looked Russian. It all looked like Russian like uniforms. It, it they when they go thematic they go narrow and you're probably not gonna like it unless unless of course you're like oh my gosh this looks amazing like the one like Russian hat like the, the 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 hunter could wear if you don't like the theme you ain't gonna wear it I think the armor designs has been has been stellar but a lot of the times I'm like you know, I'm like I just don't like the way that it looks I thought the ornaments this season were awesome by the way. Not the base armor set. The ornaments I thought were dope. Well, for all intents and purposes, that's a piece of armor, dude. That's something that they designed. Just because it's an ornament doesn't mean it's like it's not dope looking. I thought the armor ornaments from uh, Season of the Worthy were dope. They were all big and bulky and like tankish looking. Again, that's an armor set that somebody built. It's just turned into an ornament instead. Who cares if it's an ornament? It looks awesome. Hilly Heat. Off topic, do you think the additional items on the season pass versus free-to-play pass are a bit of a joke? One week of early access? I'm waiting for clarity here because it does look really, really strange. They continue to make free-to-play versus paid content look extremely thin and paltry. I don't understand what they're doing. Do I need to pay to get access to the the battlegrounds or not? What is it? Tell me because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the smiling panda armor. Hitman with the last question. I get what you're saying about tearing down to rebuild. However, you don't feel something is amiss when we are seven years and we are still having issues with basic fundamentals of a looter title. How can that be? Well, I mean, if you ignore history, I mean, you have to consider everything that got us here. I'm not going to retread all the history of Destiny to show you why, you know, this is the rebuild year. You know, if... I don't know. It's like it's like when a business is is trying to if you watch The Founder, okay, the movie The Founder where they were trying to perfect the the speedy system. They're trying to perfect it and they kept starting completely over before they got it right. I think that's one of the dilemmas of a live service game. They don't have the luxury of starting over. They have to keep going. We'll just keep going. Keep going. We'll 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 fix it somehow. We'll fix it somehow. They don't have the luxury like every six months or 12 months to be like, well, there's all these foundational problems. Let's just start over. They can't do that. They can't. It's baked into the crust of the game and they have to slowly try to to fix those elements. And I believe they've successfully done that to a certain degree, but they don't have the luxury. They're not on a tennis court. Like in that movie, they go out on a tennis court, they measure out the dimensions of their kitchen and they keep starting all the way over before they get it exactly Right. Bungie doesn't have that luxury. The game's up and running. If you've seen that movie, that speedy system that they came up with, you wouldn't be able to constantly do that while they're working. We're trying to make burgers. Get out of here. You're getting in our way. No, do this, do this. You go over there, you go over there. Shut that stove down. Shut that off and move that over here. It would completely disrupt the business flow. That's the problem with a live service game. They can't just, they don't have that luxury. Like, shut it down and we'll start over. They don't. They don't have the luxury of doing that. So, 
That's not the greatest answer, but we got to move on because I'm going over to the other channel for some gaming. It's a brand new game. Stick around. It's actually going to be pretty dope. You're going to want to come with us. If you're listening to this recording elsewhere, you can always catch us live at sntrlive.com. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe.